0: Hello, gentlemen, Welcome back to a brand new episode of Podcast Maximus, full of y- yet more IDW goodness. We're here to talk about Windblade. Volume 2, which is uh, just wrapped up, uh, perhaps slightly sooner than expected. And in order to do that, I need some help. I'm Stuart Webb, and here with me I have Mr. Tom McNally.
1: I am Mr. Tom McNally. So I've just mainlined issues 1 to 7 of Windblade Volume 2, so it's, uh, it's all the neurons are crackling.
0: That's good. I have a uh, quite a bad cold, so I may die during the middle of recording. If I do, soldier on without me.
1: Shall do. I'll take up your sacred light.
0: It's, it's the lack of Roger Moore in my life this week mean, it's affecting me. Aww. Uh, talking about Windblade will restore me to full health. Oh, it's uh, the so tonic that everyone needs. Before we uh, jump into the second series, I suppose we should uh, start with the first. Uh, what did you think of the uh, first Windblade series? I thought it was
1: agreeable. I quite like Sarah Scott and Art. I thought it had quite a nice, tight arc, and I liked the way it featured a predominantly Decepticon, fairly sympathetic cast. It, it felt very much like an episode of Transformers Prime, just focused and simple.
0: I quite enjoyed uh, the first Windblade as well. I thought it had an awful lot stacked against it. Launching an entire series around a fan-created character, uh, it, it could have got all Dark cybertron with a toy promotion crossover. Uh, generally, though, no, pretty enjoyable. It overcame uh, those deficits. So in terms, of, in terms of context, even with Drift, they didn't launch him straight into his own comic. Uh, but it's it a quite enjoyable title series. It picked up on the stuff Robots in the Skies did very well originally, political Cybertron stuff, uh, but that book was pretty much ignored by that point.
1: Yeah, it had a limited setting, which you know doesn't really happen very often in Transformers. It's got that space opera uh, background to it, and yeah, just stick, just keeping all the action limited to the confines of Metroplex. I thought worked really well. There was something a bit noirish about it, and uh, you know, it, and the focus of it was on, of course, the relationship between Windblade and her bestie Chromia.
0: And, you know, uh, what I particularly liked, and I think it's been a, st- a strength of Scott's uh, work is uh it's not about the two sides beating each other up or being antagonistic one each other uh, in a more traditional sense. It's about them having to come to an understanding with one another and uh, accept that they don't really like each other very much. Uh, they'll always have their differences, quite extreme differences, but they do have to work together uh, to make, but that it work, otherwise things would go even worse. And I, I liked how that was handled in the first series.
1: Yeah, it's very mature for that reason.
0: It often gets criticised for uh, not being as uh, sophisticated as uh, More Than Meets The Eye, which I often think is a uh, solid and fair criticism. Would, uh, would you agree with that? I think
1: More Than Meets The Eye is a little bit more childlike, not childish, because its underlying theme is about the power of friendship, uh, which is lovely. Uh, you know, something I can get behind. But it's it's very... It's got this sort of optimism uh, that's childlike. Windblade is a little bit more... It's a little bit more grown up in what its underlying theme is. If its underlying theme is cooperating with people who may be disagreeable or even monsters in order to achieve a better whole, like, yeah, that's... that's you're starting from a point that's a little bit more brain uh, development than power friendship.
0: This series obviously started. Uh, it was, it's actually interesting. The last podcast we did, we were talking about how uh, Chaos Theory was recently produced in quite a difficult time uh, for IDW in terms of editorial changes and uh, people not being sure what came next. Uh, Wing Blade 2 feels like it started in a sort of similar place where. The uh, Combiner Wars crossover meant things were jumping about. The uh, different art teams, uh, fairly rushed production. So it's, it's sort of starting in the past and usually an even place uh, in terms of John Barber's overall ship.
1: This first issue has a lot going on. I, I, I don't know, it's impressive how much it gets in there and still manages to tell a pretty neat story with a big fight in it
0: you know, the first issue is part one of Combiner Wars, but there'd already been a Combiner Wars prequel in Robotics. So it's technically part <laughs> two.
1: Really Barbara funny. loves his extended prologues. Okay, so you got Sarah Scott on art, and this was... But for but- the last time... Uh, for the immediate future
0: anyway, of course. It's a real shame. The book was very much billed as a... Their team. It was like... Uh, again, what we were saying last time about how originally it was Roach and Roberts, who were the team, whose names were linked and worked together. Um, and Stone and uh, Scott were very much, you uh, know, the dream, Windblade, uh, creative force. And I'm, I'm not entirely sure what led to Sarah Stone moving away from the book. Somebody suggested that, uh, she's been ill recently but I've no idea how uh, how truthful that is or whether it's deadlines or just dull real life stuff or not I uh but I did think it's a shame we've not seen her work, but she, even much as uh, Nick Roach for more of me to see, oh, she very much set me, uh, the visual tone mm. for this book.
1: It starts the whole thing off on the wrong foot, I think, because not only is it advertised one way and you get it the other way, but also this stuff makes me really queasy. There's these rumours of her being ill, but that all sounds a bit euphemistic. It, it really brings home that the comics industry is very anti-labour, you know they're they're very operating in a sort of lawless void where an artist can just be dropped the, bringing out the next part of combiner Wars is more important than Sarah Stone earning her living, and that's upsetting and now she's just kind of been dropped down the memory hole and isn't really mentioned. And well, uh Karen's here. And of course none of
0: this is Corin's fault. She's No no uh, to be fair, she uh, got uh does name check uh, stone in her afterward in issue seven. Uh so it's not completely forgotten, but you do get the impression we won't be seeing her again. Form of seal future for whatever for whatever reason.
1: Uh, yeah, how's she earning money now? I don't that question isn't really suggested or addressed or
0: but, uh, let's assume she got a really nice, fantastically paid job. She's uh, living in a big mansion somewhere.
1: I just hope that, <laughs> that that, for whatever reason why she had to stop on Windblade hasn't hurt her reputation and hasn't stopped her from getting work elsewhere because she deserves it. She's a fantastic artist and uh, Windblade 1 looks amazing. They, they, you've got this... Com- uh, we don't really have a combiner fight in Combiner Wars which... It looks very good, except for in Windblade 1, in my opinion.
0: Anyway, of course, I suppose with Combiner Wars, uh, for people who don't know, because these are designed as toy packings, uh, they have to be done much, much further in advance. Than regular issues do. That's why these first three parts are still 22 pages uh, rather than 20, as IDW went to around this time, because when they were missing a draw, IDW was still doing 22 pages comics. The art winds up being rushed for all sorts of reasons. This is a shame some of the mistakes that were very obvious weren't fixed between the, the toy packing version being done and the actual print version, because that's like two layers. Of editorial check in.
1: Yeah, probably too many cooks it's in the kitchen, true. I guess. Nothing gets done.
0: I was just saying, if anyone's reading this in the trade and we're wondering what I'm talking about, say wrong protector bots, that's mostly me fixing in the trade. Uh, I'm not a mental, I'm talking in terms of original issues if you're sitting there at home going, there's no Crip Grotusk even Protective Arts in this trade. (laughs) What is this man talking about?
1: (laughs) Okay, you get one more. You get one more on the Protective Arts. Apparently, this volume of Windblade was supposed to only be Combine Awards and then was extended around issue four. That must have been decided
0: quite a bit in advance. When the comic was announced, it was always going to... Publicly announced it was always going to be more than like Combiner Wars. That was one of the things I think we call them uh, assuring people about at the time. But it, uh, I, it was announced as an ongoing, wasn't it? Uh, yeah,
1: but I think because Combiner Wars was all, uh, the art for it was all done about a year in advance. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of time for them to have commissioned four more issues. At <laughs> least. <Links. laughs> <laughs> you know, it lays a lot of pipe. And as you, you know, you've used the, the phrase back to a pilot very well it's uh, scott's obviously pushing to show how this story has legs she's introducing the cast which for just for the purposes of combining wars aren't terribly necessary and setting up this and, and and the mission statement for margaret working at idw was very much to open up the universe in terms of characters and she's laying all that pipe as well and then you know, even setting up stuff like with Windblade, with Windblade and Chromia, that's all put up. Like, okay, here's the situation with Windblade and Chromia. A really interesting dynamic between Windblade and Prime, where Prime gets sort of has, is sort of forced like a naughty child to sort of sit on his hands until it's time to bring him out as a uh, as a propaganda tool, and he's really uncomfortable with that. So you have the last page being this visual of Prime, you know, opening his chest and the Matrix being out, but he doesn't look too happy about it. He looks a bit
0: confused as well. Presume because the Matrix shouldn't be glowing as it's all empty and a husk. Oh, they put an LED behind it. <laughs> a disco ball. Wow, I was only impressed. The primitives on this planet. It's like one of those eddied blinded uh, adventure books where they uh, get tied up in deepest darkest Africa. And there's always a convenient <laughs> eclipse. <laughs> and then you go, look, uh, there's going to be the Kips in a second, and now you must worship us. The <laughs> <pray> famous Five are <laughs> your new gods.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's one of the biggest problems with this series. The science fiction is bad. And this is the thing where it is, I think, yeah, fair. You mean
0: to- Escobar the Wars or Windblade as a whole? Oh,
1: Windblade as a whole. The The SF elements like that. Like, oh, here's a planet where everyone's racing. Here's a planet where everyone's an animal, but not really. I don't know. Let's, we'll figure uh, that well, out. We'll
0: talk about the animal planet. Uh, yeah, but to the, to to the, the
1: themed Cybertron-style world visiting is very shallow. It's noticeable. It's noticeable when 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 Modern meets the eye is doing slightly more textured things and you know, trying to figure out like, technology levels and, and societies with a bit more rigor.
0: Kamenus is obviously the world we spend the most time with in the series it's basically the focus of the first three issues. You think it does a bit, she does a bit better there? With, uh, well, I say she, of course, um, the first three issues in a collaboration with John Barber.
1: Yeah, he gets story credit, doesn't he?
0: It's obviously not just, just entirely her thing, but do you think the Kamenus stuff works better?
1: Yeah, yeah. Kamenus is a lot more fleshed out. It's poor, and that's interesting. We don't see poverty in Transformers, really, ever, at all, unless it's like Robot hobos, um, a you know a third world nation, a developing state is Caminus, and they need the protection of someone with deep pockets. And then yeah, this, this it's got a it's it's not ruled by a religion, but it has this powerful religious lobby, and yeah. people there are are faithful. It's got a sort of Catholic vibe to it.
0: The, I have to say, I'm, I'm assuming it's a coincidence, but uh, the Mistress of a Flame does remind me of the Sisterhood of the Flame on the planet card in Doctor Who. So they're, they're not like a, a big Doctor Who thing, but, but sort of uh, the imagery. You can imagine her and her disciples dancing around, going, Sacred Flame, Sacred Flame. And... Uh, all that stuff. Uh, I'm,
1: gonna, I'm just going to take it on faith that you you weren't you you didn't just have like an embolism there and just started saying words and that all is relates to things that happened in Doctor Who. God, uh,
0: don't, you, don't you even know what the sisterhood of Khan are? who uh, knows that.
1: Yeah, Caminus works a bit better, and uh, it's got this lovely beat around issue four where the Decepticons come and help with the reconstruction after the big Combiner fight.
0: Was that issue four? Was that? Uh... Uh, do you mean part four combine of Combiner Wars
1: oh yes part four of Wars it's so seriously <laughs> confusing <laughs> it's Windblade 2 Windblade 2 okay
0: <laughs> I think we may have stumbled upon one of the reasons this series may not have done very well uh, in terms of sales <laughs> do, we,
1: do we know that is that uh, speculation well,
0: the fact it was announced as an ongoing and uh, now it's suddenly only seven issues uh, but then
1: a- yeah and it's coming back in January as a different ongoing
0: a reboot and a relaunch. I think we would have had issue eight if they'd thought it had done well enough. Uh, I believe in physical copies, it was the weakest selling of the uh, three main IDW Transformers books. So how much uh, digital factors into that uh, I would uh, be entirely able to say. Okay.
1: Um, I also like how in issue two, Sparkstalker, I didn't notice because... um, livio doesn't draw him very distinctively but sparkstalkers right there on the first page chatting with Lightbright from caminus and uh and their relationship is one is another little thread going on in the background
0: yes that's quite a nice are at the bar together later and uh that's about it really isn't it for
1: oh no nice. well, that's the thing i uh, you know they're chatting away with each other in the background in quite a few panels going on before then oh
0: really i've Completely missed that, man. but as, as, I'm going to blame Livio's ass for that to be my new uh, thing. <laughs> like, can't spot Sparkswalker. Yeah, I, I think across his first three issues and these uh the equivalent of Robots in Disguise issues, uh, you could tell this has to be done in a hurry. I don't think this is particularly Livio's best work at all. Uh, it looks, well, there's one certain mistake you won't like me to mention that's uh, quite <laughs> already. But it doesn't look as good as his stuff can look. It's something like uh, Punishment, which I think is an outstanding...
1: Uh, yeah, Punishment's that's great.
0: That's best. ...this looks like it had to be done very quickly. And I don't think he's necessarily a doing-it-quickly kind of artist. It's obviously, it's awfully even if digitally painted. It, it looks like it takes a long time to do. So he may not necessarily be the best fit for uh, you've got to do it quick because you've got to put it with a toy... Style book, especially if a kid but picks up a toy oh I'm going to read a comic about the toy I can't really tell who any of these people are (laughs) which one's my toy
1: yeah but cast your mind back to uh, Will Simpson art and Dan Reed art of of Yesteryear I I don't know there's something I've got a lot of nostalgia about not being able to watch I I, I like
0: Livio's stuff generally I don't think this is his best work I, 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 I am a Livio fan but of course, Dan Reed, Will Simpson—they did a pack in their stuff with toys.
1: It would have been interesting to have like a Dan Reed Time Wars issue packed in with a Megatron toy.
0: But uh, one without Megatron in it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: My favourite thing about SG 2 is the sort of manoeuvring with the Council of Worlds. Uh, we see it begin here with Starscream talking about a backdoor primacy, which sounds awfully saucy.
0: That's my favourite kind of primacy.
1: <laughs> and I like the idea of of the strategy of exposing Prime to the uh, Chameon so they can put him in as a tiebreaker. I, I like that kind of stuff. And, and there's Mirage's vision, which is cute to, you know, wrap up a 10-year-old continuity well, smile
0: It does make you wonder if when John Barber, he's at the end of the day, he's a bit tired, <laughs> and he's got a conti- old continuity issue he really wants to solve, but he can't think of anything. Let's go, it'll be a vision. My that's my cost issue What well, we had a vision. Uh, what are we going to do about this Mirage thing? Uh, oh. <laughs> it's, it, it's strange he works. You know, except that his vision in Spotlight Mirage doesn't seem to have been a vision of anything. It was just a dream, basically. <laughs> the odd that this is an actual vision of something that is going to happen or might happen when the first one wasn't, it's a bit of an odd disconnect. And it's strange that they go out of their way to introduce a guy who has visions of the future when one of the main characters already in the book He's a guy who has visions of the future.
1: Yeah, but they use <laughs> that to then talk about combiners. and the, it, That has a payoff with the chat with
0: Prowl. Uh, Did he need both Ironhide and Mirage? But no, should, but it was... It, rat, it seems like a waste of doing something with Mirage <laughs> once you're obliged to include him
1: but it meant that he and it meant that Mirage and Einheit could have a little chat as two people who understood each other that's less clunky if Einheim was like hey guys you know you're all sick of hearing about my visions but let me just tell you about a feature of my visions I, I don't know I like it it felt, it felt like a good way of sketching in Mirage because you know mm-hmm. Mirage had to be put in there because
0: he's an if, arm if I'm Einheit I'd just be pissed a a game more credence to Mirage when he comes in and goes I've had a vision they're like well let's <laughs> this is important let's have a listen <laughs> Sure. Tell us about <laughs> Mirage It might have been nice if instead of giving Mirage a bit to do because Mirage occasionally gets stuff to do we uh, clearly recently before this you know, more than we'd say I assume uh, if they'd given Sunstreaker perhaps uh, a little bit because obviously he's pretty much the only one out of the original IDW infiltration cast who doesn't really do anything anymore yeah. Even else is still a sort of featured main player from that first six-issue mini-series uh, as well as except for battle charges. Oh. Uh but, but Sunstreaker, he's just like ah oh. He occasionally gets a war so he'll occasionally be in a spotlight where he may just be an hallucination in Hoist's mind and not the real Sunstreaker at all. It's
1: well, that, his character now is pretty much not doing anything. He's like, I'm just doing lazy. Do he's he's sconny or um, yeah. I hope they do do something with Sunstreaker, but there's lots of characters who need something to be done with. It's also it's also uh, doubly weird because like, well, he died in All Home and and then they brought him back for some reason, and he hasn't done anything since. He's just <laughs> moped about.
0: Uh, no, nobody's allowed to stay dead. Make it. They must all come back.
1: <laughs> yeah and combined with Prime.
0: Yeah. Uh, before we go into the rest of the series, it's the Hunters. Okay. Is by As we said by Scott, it features Windblade. It's sort of an extension of a Windblade series. I suspect it will end up in the Windblade, uh, second Windblade trade. So
1: this is Sarah
0: Petra Durasia? Oh, we are. Uh, yes, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Stick with that. Yeah, I. It's uh, it's a insubstantial whiff of an issue. It's just it's gonna introduce the torchbearers, and give a, a reason for everyone being in funky colours.
0: It reminds me of uh, Star Trek Three, search for Spock. Go right, yeah, let's go search for Spock. Oh, there he is. Ah, oh, we're gonna hunt some combiners. Oh, look, there they are.
1: <laughs> just <laughs> outside. Oh, um, I don't know. I guess it's it. Uh, they've just announced a big like one thousand page collection of all the Masters of the Universe oh, yes, mini yes. comics, and I'm very excited about that. Have
0: oh, uh, they done that many? some like I know, I know, I know. Well, we... like six pages each or something like that. Would have be?
1: You know, typical of of toy distribution. I guess like just in the UK, we just didn't get that many Masters of the Universe toys. There were dozens more out there, all with the little comics. So, yeah, this has a grand tradition, and I think it does it really well. There's not much going on in
0: compliance. Convol- uh, I Hunters. suppose the most damning thing you can say about it is he does end with him going, Let us never talk about this again. <laughs> 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 oh, this is going to play off, uh, I suppose, uh, Victorian uh, will turn up again. Say, Hey, remember that time we found you in the desert? But it, it does feel like very consequential uh, at the end there. But uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, I should say the hmm. last page of uh, the Combined Wars crossover with Elite One sitting in a throne of dead bodies. Oh, yeah. This is so Really? Really? But uh, I like to how that paid out. Again, we'll, we'll talk to you when we get there. But I. Yeah, I, I,
1: I, I scrubbed that from my memory already. Well, I don't mind uh, at least one turning up in particular, but it's the implication that. Because this was going to be the end of the series, right? This was the, the end of Combiner Wars. And like, oh, who's this lady? We better commission some more issues, everybody. I We don't know who, who Alita 1 is. Who is Alita 1? I know that she was a lady in a cartoon some years ago. But like, in terms of the story, and the thing which we're supposed to be investing, in, especially something that's uh, that uh, makes airs of bringing in new readers... There's a lady on some, on a weird chair. That's it. That's, that's the conclusion. That's, that's the thing we go out on. I it's it's a, it's a trope in American comics. I hate it. I hate it. The splash page reveal of a character who hasn't been around for a while, maybe in a new costume. It's so wasteful. And it's, it it just play, it pulls, it it appeals to exactly the wrong impulse of his audience. It's like, here you go. You missed this person, didn't you? You missed them. Now you can look at them some more. That's not not a a story. That's just... You're just introducing a character and that character is an element of a story and you shouldn't brag about elements of the story you're bringing
0: in. It's a uh, particularly uh, poor in it, of course. Oh, Um, God, yeah. Age of Wrath. uh, Omega Supreme randomly turns up at the last page of an issue where it's, what? Where did he come from? Uh, (laughs) Why did he uh, care? really love Omega Supreme. Uh, and IDW, of course, has done a fair bit of it as well over the years some of their uh, darker moments. So example, we something nor- we normally praise, you can argue, uh, the appearance of Fortress Maximus at the end of that more of BTI issue was vaguely like that. See, been in continuity fairly recently, it's just as if you're somebody who jumped on with Morvan BTI. It's Fortress Maximus. Uh, could perhaps be a little bit underwhelming.
1: Uh, yeah, as, uh, at least he's, he's appeared the, in he, the story before.
0: Yeah. Has Elite One never been in IDW before this? Uh nope no not yeah. even worse
1: <laughs> anyway um that plot line actually worked out fine um with alita one so uh,
0: no, so far anyway of course <laughs> it's not wrapped up people listening in the future maybe laughing at us. stop Uh
1: alita one that was the yeah. that was the twilight of
0: idw as a company We <laughs> <They laughs> lost everything
1: to that gamble
0: uh so, so the next issue uh is Combiner Wars Epilogue, which is a really strange bit of brand name because it basically has nothing to do with Combiner Wars or at least nothing more than any of the other issues afterwards do.
1: They mention that it happened. This I like this issue because it's... It, this is, yes, I, I enjoy it as well. It's, this uh, is the first issue. Oh, it, if it is you, the
0: situation. you put off by Combiner Wars and I bought the first three, you'd miss the real, what is effectively a relaunch issue because it has Combiner Wars Epilogue splash mm. all over it right? <laughs> I think I was an unfortunate mistake. Uh, the epilogue they did in Robots in Disguise was a proper epilogue. It picked up on all the plot threads. You couldn't really follow that issue unless you read uh, "Combined Wars. So you, know, you be going, wise after a punching prowl. <laughs> so that, that, that was a proper epilogue over there. This one isn't. It's issue one of Wing Blade 2.
1: It summarises the intent and the backstory in two quite crisp quite word-light pages. Just these two pages of Chromia and Windblade trying to calm down some Decepticons. You know, Sparkstalk is in it, even. Uh, and Lightbright. you know, they're standing. You're going to post
0: up at every appearance. I, 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 I like them. <laughs>
1: I like those guys. Uh, we've got the, uh, the dimension of the badges. We've got the the status quo between Chromia and Windblade. It's sort of uneasy. She's a bit scared of her, but they kind of need to make it work. Uh, and that's the thing. So
0: it's uh, telling that shows why Windblade may need Chromia, but uh, Windblade basically flies off, and let Chromia do what the hell she likes. Most <laughs> protesters. But she's like, yeah, okay, you take care of it, but don't, don't be too.
1: Violet, will you? Yeah, plausible deniability. Big part of politics if you want to make an alliance of worlds. And uh, the way she flies off is a nice little um, tribute to uh, Sarah Stone. I think
0: if I did a pay attention to the credits at this point I would not have noticed for changing artists' <laughs> favour. Uh, I so you would have Mr. Artist Man. You can, you can smell these things on wind but uh, as a layman I would not have noticed change if I uh, wasn't sort of anal person who pays attention to credits.
1: Okay so I guess they've done their job there. Yeah this is a great showing for Corin Howell. You can tell that she's had a long lead up to do this. Uh, there's a lot of great design work with Knockout and Moonracer and the body language of all the character i mean like so uh, issue four page nine
0: with Windblade walking in and meeting knockouts and yeah
1: we've got a panel there with Windblade, starscream knockout rat trap and moon racer uh, yeah and the body language of each of them tells us a lot about who they are there's a nice uh graduation of height of the characters that always annoys yes, me yep. when that's not there but it's not exaggerated to the point where rat traps tiny and awkward to fit on the panel it's, it's a very accomplished bit of work there. It's not flashy, but it tells the story exactly. It tells you exactly what you need to know about these characters, especially in an introductory issue. Um, yes,
0: that's very nicely done, actually. Yes, uh, Mr. man, you're bang on. <laughs>
1: um, and then on the next page, we have a big empty shot of a table.
0: But, uh, <laughs> but it's an important table. It's, an, it's a, a
1: table we're all going to sit around, and that it's important that this table will fill up.
0: I think we've got more chairs than they do... Uh, Planets. ...delegates. So they, <laughs> they've been a bit... Uh, resources wasteful there. Uh, issue 7's a bit
1: more rushed on the art, and there is a, a callback to that panel, but it doesn't quite pull it off, I think. But anyway, end of the story is that where it's a, where it's important, Corrin's art really shines.
0: As, as we mentioned that, Matt, I should say, I much prefer the way... Yes. Scott, the way she writes Rat Trap compared to uh, the way John Barber wrote here, which I think that was one of his main weaknesses, uh, his insane obsession with writing all of Rat Trap's dialogue phonetically, to the point of it seemed like a comedy character, especially when he started talking about udders. Gotta get to the udders! What? <laughs> I don't understand you, what udders?
1: Uh Ironhide suffers from that as well. I don't know, I mean, uh, it, it's, it's always a, a can of worms, isn't it? If you give these guys... An Accent, how far do you take it? What accent is it? What does that accent say about them? I, I prefer them the more the meets the eye approach where some characters definitely have a tone of voice which you don't have to use the phonics too
0: often. I realise it's sort of rat crap keeps implying he knows stuff and he's up, well, he is up to something, but there's no uh, payoff. At the end there, that's another one of the things that's left dangling, by the series being short and stops it working as a standalone uh, miniseries.
1: Yeah, that just kind of peters out. Is that because it's so protracted? Is that set up for *Sins of the Wreckers*? Oh, is he, is he in *Sins of the Wreckers*? Or? I don't know, but he—the last we see of, of Rat Trap, he's nicked Prowl, and *Sins of the Wreckers* is all about Prowl being nicked by someone. Is Rat Trap is the he- villain?
0: Maybe, it would have been awesome if he said giant udders of death. <laughs> that's what he was talking about all along.
1: I don't know, that's where my mind's going with that, but I could be wrong. I might be seeing patterns where there are no- where there's nothing to see.
0: No, no, well, that could uh, actually be quite interesting. It would be a very short fight if <laughs> versus <Rat> trap. <laughs> well, I'd like to
1: what see is- Rat Trap at his most formidable, you know, he's, he's pulled the strings, he's got everything manoeuvred. He could be a worthy foe to Impactor uh, and Co. Oh, uh, and another thing I want to say about the colours. Thomas Deere, I think, is a really good fit for Corin. He seems to be from the sort of Josh Bersham school of these quite faint, multiplied over paper textures with quite a light, pastel palette. And then there's kind of a fade effect on pretty much every panel. So every panel kind of is... The top is is light and the bottom is dark, I really like it it's it's nice do you like
0: it yeah uh, yes yes uh coloring <laughs> isn't something i'm particularly strong on but uh yeah i uh, like what i see
1: i also like and this is another little bugbear of mine
0: that when yeah, they some, do when they say neutron do guys.
1: oh boy it's it's related uh when they whenever i see pencils or inks of uh of these pages they won't fill in the stars they'll just be kind of a blank background and i'll just have a little note there saying okay starfield and there's always a temptation for the colorist to go find a Hubble or a spritzer telescope deep space thing of a, like a, of a planetary nebula. And then just stick that there because planetary nebulas are cool looking. Yeah, you mean
0: the sort of thing that looks quite nice and which most people wouldn't go. You wouldn't see that for that specific location. It's
1: like, oh, what's the crab nebula doing there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah I, uh, uh, Thomas Deere has just put stars and that's good because, you know, the stars is the background. It's not, supposed to, it's not supposed to grab your attention. Like, whoa, look at the cool space. I mean, Cybertron must have just survived a supernova in recent history. How did they do that? It's, it's, yeah, it's not distracting. It's just stars. And they look like they're actually drawn stars and not a rip from NASA's public domain images.
0: I like when you to get angry about science. <laughs> <laughs> uh, What this issue also does is really pick up on something that's been gradually happening over the last few years, and that's uh, introducing non-Generation 1 continuity characters. I mean, obviously, we've had it uh, really since uh, just the build-up to Dark Cybertron, but with this, this, we get the entire planet full of non-G1 characters. Cybertron stuff here doesn't seem to have... uh, uh, sometimes people go oh how come you put the beast wars characters in here we'd rather have beast wars stories over beast wars characters uh nobody seems that like bothered about the Cybertron cast turning up it's like yeah nobody wants more Cybertron stuff to stick him in there that'll, <laughs> that'll be fine
1: i i don't understand that that you know well beast wars characters should be in beast Wars stories kind of idea because like just apply it to to generation one or something like Well, you know, we should just have the 1984 cast running around in the desert. This, you know, this this is very much a this is a this is opening up the toy box. This series, and you know, I've never seen Black Arachnia as a weird prophet lady. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. I don't know. But it's new. It's a new thing. It's a new thing. We have Black Arachnia in it now. She's got a toy attached to it. If you like that sort of thing, and. Oh yeah, she's pretty much the animated toy.
0: Oh I see. Yes, I thought you made me. that was like a generation size like, of oh, I do no, got yeah.
1: And so now we can play with Black Arachnia and hey. Uh, hey. <laughs> hey. And it's in a, it's in a way that makes sense. She has a role in the story because like if we had Black Arachnia just as herself from Beast Wars, then like well she's we kind of have that cat we have a star scream, we have a rat trap. Like we don't need another scheming side-switching character. Having a mystic prophet spider who may or may not be a fraud, uh, that's interesting. And so that's new. We don't have someone who can do that, unless it's Mirage, but he's
0: running a bar. Right. Wait, <laughs> or is he? Or is he in a septicon, huh? <laughs> ah. corner? Ah. That should be the last ever IDW issue where Mirage wakes up and it turns out Spotlight Mirage was the only true comic of the entire IDW run, and everything else was just in his head.
1: It's a Saint Elsewhere ending. Yes, okay, where are we? We're
0: uh, Windblade four. Will Jack's in it now? Oh. Yes, uh, always good to see Will Jack. He's one of the sort of uh unsung uh heroes of Generation One, really. That he's nearly always good value. Uh, I don't I can't think of any particular instances where he's been badly written in any fiction, even the cartoon. He's uh usually quite good fun.
1: Yeah, he's that guy who speaks funny, uh, who blows himself up and invents things. Yeah, I like him. I like Will Jack. Uh, and he was a real standout character of Robots in Disguise and he seems to have crossed over into the Windblade cast and he's
0: on form. Yeah, he, he's mainly just sat by the Space Bridge turning it on and off. Does it well? I guess he's given up on well, uh, combiners. Now, <laughs> the Combiners now. Oh, there's something to wave at Robots. I need a new job. Can, got, can I press the button? you <laughs> have got a magic device that does a button pressing. No good, I'll be a pressing, man.
1: Aside from pressing buttons, he's also has got an interesting role that he is on Starscream's side.
0: Yeah, Starscream's mates, uh, basically, they uh, genuinely seem to get on.
1: Yeah, and that, that was set up where early early on in Robots in Disguise, and they're running with it, um, well, here. And it, there's sort of this uh, interesting beat right at the end where Starscream says that he's going to murder Windblade at some point. And Jack has to decide whether or not he has heard that or not.
0: Pretending not to listen. Yeah. But maybe he hears that every, sort of thing every time he walk past him. Because, of course, uh, Winblade makes a similar threat to him uh later with the issue. So, it's, oh, but it's just, we they talk to one another. It's like, oh, right, who, which one am I ignoring this time? Like, it was Winblade who threatened him last time. or <laughs> thought that... I know Chromia going, God, how can you all be such evil people when she murdered a load of people? <laughs> but i hide going on about his visions. Uh, I know Sunsweaker just because. It's a lot of ignoring I've got to do here whilst pressing my butt. So it's a difficult job.
1: Yeah, yeah, someone's got to do it. Moving along, we've got Moonracer, who's a nice, yeah, I like
0: her character too. But I said Cybertron earlier, but that uh, knockout, of course, is from... Prime. Prime version. Yeah, he integrates um, is nicely, Cybertron, doesn't he? ...Cybertron, isn't he? Uh, he? says, what I say, are there any characters from Cybertron that actually... In this issue
1: Override eh,
0: that's good I'm not just a mental person But, but
1: she's not really A character yet She's just uh, uh, Someone waving From a podium We say like Okay yeah We're doing Cybertron now But yeah, There's um,
0: a planet With some Cybertron Not the, uh, the characters so. <laughs> We've got, we
1: got Moonracer Who's Ostensibly Generation 1 character But isn't is kind of, is basically a new character
0: uh, Which uh, Who was her boyfriend Of your Autobots Of the cartoon uh... I don't think I've ever actually Watched that episode well, obviously, they've got um, Ironhide and Chromia hanging about, so we've slightly so better. Ah, look, these two were in a thing in the cartoon, and then maybe we're going to have a thing here as well, eh? Huh?
1: Yeah, I don't mind that because it does actually make sense for uh, that, I, character I just, uh, that character and that character to like each of, uh,
0: other. And it works without knowledge of the, uh, the show as well, that. But I was wondering if they going to end up doing the same as well, and uh, power glide or something. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, be power glide or eh? Well, mate, both of them. Uh, scally, with cheers.
1: Yeah, as you say, uh, the Chromia Ironhide relationship. I didn't, I, you know, I'm only very vaguely aware of what the characters with these same names did uh, in the cartoon. So uh, yeah, I, I buy and quite like the Chromia Ironhide relationship. So it doesn't. Really, it does, it's not the, like the Elite 1 reveal. It doesn't really require you to reach into the depths of your mind and dredge up the stuff from the cartoons.
0: So uh, planets where everything is decided by races. Is this
1: too silly? This is, to my mind, a pretty direct lift from one of my favourite books, uh, Ian M. Banks' The Player of Games, where an entire society is based around a, uh, a very elaborate board game, essentially. Uh, um, well, of course, the Indian banks did it better and had a lot more room to make it work. This is a quick sketch of a society and a planet. It only really has to last two issues. And as stated, it's really just a way to get people like Moonracer and Clocker and uh, Knockout into the running. Ha, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> And also, I guess it may be a way to give Blur something to do. Uh, Yeah, it's an undercooked idea. The race, it's kind of a bit of uh, a letdown of the art where I don't think the race looks interesting or... or, I don't know. It's it's not sold to me. It's it's quite blank
0: background. It's nice to have a Transformers car race uh, but doesn't seem to have any... Uh, obvious visuals, homages to the one in Rebirth, uh, which they often wind up doing. Uh, uh, it's odd that it would just be a race, and there's like no taking advantage of their transforming abilities or anything like that, which uh, you think would be... I think that's also part of with the uh, races Blur used to do as well, maybe just race.
1: <laughs> like and, run.
0: Uh, only the, the race to Rebirth does more with it. Uh, and as them transforming the shimsy things as well and that, as far as I remember anyway. if the Rebirth fans get onto me now it feels like sort of a, a missed opportunity to do something a bit more alien with them as uh, their sporting interests but uh, again that's, that's going back to the, uh, the Blur Spotlight to a sort of a new fault uh, created my Scott here that's just her following the established uh, tradition
1: and I suppose if you're going to do Velocitron you've got to do a race that's that's what Vlustron does.
0: That's that's all they do.
1: <laughs> there's an interesting wrinkle to it in the next issue. That, oh no, it's in this issue uh, about how their Titan has kind of gone senile, and how they all have too much money and they wear little opera glasses. There's a there's a, a extra layer on this about decadence and about um, kind of a warly uh style of consumerism i guess and sort of uh you know they, they are literally racing for nothing uh and that's the way their planet goes like if they stop but then they'll have to face the consequences of what they do there's there's a suggestion of more going on and i hope that's going to be unspoiled but right now it's um it's cartoon racing planet
0: actually uh, what we said about the titan i think uh, it's also mentioned how each of the titans encountered over the four issues of uh, wing blade too proper there's a clear attempt to make them distinct for one another yeah uh, we have a slightly senile which i suppose where uh, metroplex was a bit far gone when he came back where he seems uh more coherent now mm. uh, of course that was just a device uh, that they needed with uh when he could talk quite cheerfully and frequently uh, back in the old days mm. so that was a bit of a retcon but uh uh the velociton uh titan whose name is Vlossy, Vlossy. Vlossy. <laughs> that's like a friendly velociraptor so they're uh, neglected they're like your, your old relative in a care home and also, yeah the next issue read it's a uh, big crazy uh do prophecy titan and uh, the next one is for mysteriously not the right titan
1: Yes, yeah this, and that's some. I like the the SF elements For the Titans, they're, they're handled nicely Navitas, his name is Navitas The big,
0: racy um, Of course, which sounds like something out of Avatar so I, I, I did enjoy that uh, Two-parter uh, Maybe it didn't quite need to be a two-parter I'm not sure if there was enough substance In it for that uh, Again, especially what is ultimately just a four-issue Uh Even if they didn't know About the time we did this but so that's all sort of a retroactive criticism I suppose if, it, if if you wrote it as just four issues that wouldn't have been two issues spent on Velocitron uh, that's a sort of fortunate side effect of the uh, the Cattalion of it
1: hmm I I I would be interested to know what they when they knew they were being turned into uh, Telola 1 and so forth the next issue, we get a shot of the big table again.
0: Of course, that's what you want. You're trying to say, something, is this a big table-themed comic? Is this
1: <laughs> this I suppose it is about assembling a kind of Knights of the Round.
0: but uh, Say me having to scour through my tablet for a page. Is it anybody sat at the table this time? No, no, it's, it's, it's,
1: it's the same just, panel. It's just in the previously. We're talking.
0: Oh, 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 I see. Yes, it's previously a table.
1: <laughs> An empty table. Um, so we move on to the Beast Wars issue. The Eucaris, Eucarius. Um I'm gonna. I'm gonna put my uh, my concerns right on the big empty table right away and say I'm suspending uh, my irritation that we have a planet full of Earth animals uh, all hanging out on an alien no, that world. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. We would sail we'd, as it is. <laughs> they've got joints in their legs. It's 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 a it's a fudge. It's a gimme. I'm giving. I'm giving them. Uh, at this point in the series, there'll uh, just be this. There's
0: humanoids out there. Presumably, there's velociraptoroids and cheetero-oids and uh, spideroids as well. And it's uh, one big happy oid family.
1: Yeah, I'm just glad they're not doing a Dreamwave MicroMasters and saying that the reason they all look like little cars with little windows is because the Matrix told them that one day they'd have to go to Earth. Like, that's. I'm...
0: Oh, I suppose this issue was always going to be the toughest sell because. Uh, of all the other worlds they're touching upon Big Wars is Company the Most Light. And it's really the only one that doesn't have multiple divergent continuities. Uh, there's a slightly different Japanese stuff where it's drastically re-edited, but nobody really knows about that. I think we know about the different edits of a unicorn trilogy Japanese stuff better. Uh, so it's sort of like just a cartoon and everything that people are familiar with, even the IDW, Big Wars comic that spins off of that is set in with the cartoons. There's not like 50 different Black and black mirrors as there is with 50 generation Optimus Primes. Uh, sort of, uh, like with Rat Trap, when he came in, uh, the Waspinator uh, new versions of his characters is always going to take a, a bit of time to bed in. Uh, do you think any residual hostility based on that was... Uh, Legitimate or is it just silly fanishness?
1: The only thing I remember, the only real thing I remember reading about this issue online was people just sort of like losing their shit over the fact that like uh, McDonald's toy was one of the characters who, who appears in like one panel and is totally irrelevant.
0: Well, issue one up till all of one starts with him sat at the table.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, this uh, she's very straightforward, and it gets it all done in uh, in one. And I really like the vibe that their titan has basically gone insane, and That's so be good. It, it's a classic like decayed godlike AI story. They he lives under a volcano and goes mad like a guard dog when the standard formers that's dumb but uh but when starscream and co turn up and then starscream just kills him just puts him down like a mad dog and that is awesome
0: yes it's good to have a mind of starscream's physical power actually uh because he's supposed to be a bit of a tough guy uh, he's not just a pretty pretty boy uh, yeah, I mean,
1: he can turn into a jet and he has guns on his arms. And if you can fly into someone's brain, because Windblade leads them into their brain. That's...
0: Yeah, uh, she's not thinking straight. here, Understandably, it's not like badly. It's uh, pushing all her wrong buttons, seeing the Titan like that. So she makes some quite bad mistakes here. Uh, but le- legitimate, dramatic ones.
1: Yeah, it's it's great because she, she goes in to go talk to him. And Starscream takes advantage of that and just blows his brains out.
0: And, but he still saves the way
1: out. Yeah, which is very interesting. And um,
0: as his excuse if an ex-issue is an all-back convincing. Uh, I think he could deal with Crimea if she tried. I uh, mean, when he got back.
1: You know, their relationship, you know, it's not exactly healthy, but it's growing. And this is a really logical extension of that. I don't think if you would have asked Starscream, would you say Windblade if you had the chance? He would have said, he would have said no. But, yeah, in the moment, that's what he did. And uh, he had a good reason for it. He could, you know, maybe he's coming up with a reason after the fact, but that's where they're at now.
0: For me, there's only two particular issues with this issue. The One is the idea that your way-standing society is based on whether you walk, fly or swim – it is incredibly stupid, especially when they all turn into robots that walk. <laughs> 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 they haven't thought their system of government through at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, no, it's, a, it's segregation, isn't it? Not. Bad. It's a
1: real pale version of functionalism, isn't
0: it? Uh, compared to the previous issue, previous issue you've got quite good character work on Knockout, on uh, Moonracer. Both of them were reasonably well developed guest characters. Uh, and I suppose there, there were two issues for them uh, to be developed, but I guess their total page character across the two issues wasn't much more than what the, the guest stars get here. Uh, I don't think any of them, with a the possible exception of Black Arachne, as Jesus presented as a bit weird, really get any good character work. They just get the sort of a TV show catchphrases and quirks, in.
1: Yeah, yeah, it leans very heavily on you knowing who these characters are from the TV show.
0: Dinobot speed roots rat trap. I guess the,
1: I don't like the way Dinobot's drawn. That's uh, that's a criticism I have. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> that's it that's all I can think of
0: yeah, you've lost your arty boy skills now have you ah uh, uh, yeah you like me when I talk about the arse <laughs> it's
1: just a vague sense of distrust uh we also get the introduction of the little combiney guys
0: divisions yay who are uh they're the double monk masters, aren't they? Uh, yeah,
1: I had a lot of little. I think there were there were popular pocket money toys around when I was the the right age. I had lots of those little guys. They came in those packs of six, right?
0: I don't know if it was six. or like one would be the front half of a vehicle, one would be the back half.
1: Yeah, I, I, I like the way they are drawing. they're quite cute. I like the cameo of Jetfire and Jetstorm. Those silly guys. We do see the art unraveling a little bit here. Uh, A little bit sketchy, it looks a bit more hurried. I guess more time is spent on the big splash pages and the kind of more important action beats some of the more interstitial panels suffer. That's very Milne. You know, there's there's only so much time to do these, and some things just have to be sketched in.
0: So I suppose that leads us on to the, uh, the final issue. Final issue. Uh, which has quite a big task, because it uh, has to wrap up the whole series, and at, at least some points during its planning, it wasn't intended to be the last issue. Um, I don't know at what point that changed during the development.
1: Uh... I get the feeling there's been at least a, uh, an extra draft of script, because... The theme, the, the two main relationships between Windblade and Chromia and Windblade and Starscream... Get, yes, it feels
0: get, like there's a bit of closure there. Yeah, there's, there's,
1: there's, there's resolution. There's definitely an arc running from issue four through to issue seven.
0: Uh, apart from, uh, uh, from whatever Ratlap was building up to.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... that's...
0: Okay, so they come
1: back after curb stomping the Beast Titan and... Chromia and Windblade have a bit of a, of a heart-to-heart. Metroplex ca- catches them up with the, with the last Titan, and he says that they're a bunch of peaceful philosophers and you're going to have no problem whatsoever. So Starscream and Windblade, you go off.
0: You think Metroplex has just been a dick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so there's a That's lot of reasons why this godlike being is completely inaccurate a lot of the time. Oh, you supposed to, to have proper conversations with people back in back in your autocracy days? Oh, I'm just stuck with you. Let's get rid of you.
1: <laughs> Look, back in the he didn't really say anything of any import. Just like I'm gonna kill that guy. Oh, watch out for that guy. He's a big nasty yeah. dinosaur.
0: I've got to go on a special mission to to outer space because of a thing. Yeah. Do we we don't know what that was yet, do we? Wasn't it? Uh to do with Dark Cybertron they were, they were tracking down I know it's easy to, to impress a lot of Dark Cybertron weren't they supposed to like uh, chasing Shockwave's oars about
1: oh well Optimus Prime did all that in like an
0: afternoon <laughs> well that's <laughs> why you take <laughs> Optimus Prime with you and not help that he's wrong okay well okay, I think, yeah I think they were doing that before Shockwave had put any of his oars anywhere anyway so maybe that's uh, mm. just what I would like to remember they were doing uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was Dark Simetrón related anyway. Uh, yeah,
1: it was like there was a there was a sort of a weird flashback where they said, um, oh, Shockwave's probably up to something. Let's go. Oh, no, 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 no. They left because Metroplex was too much of a central target and the Autobots would have been better as a guerrilla distributed force. It was a tactical...
0: Yeah, that worked well. Four million years later. Yeah, thanks for that. I'd before uh, having a big monster on our side might have been a bit better for us at the end.
1: Well, no, because, I mean, Starscream demonstrates very well why you don't why titan's kind of a bad idea tactically because it's a huge guy and you turn into a jet and you can just kill it and uh, you know it, it's a it's a central focal point and when you have guys who have guns on their arms who turn into guns putting all your eggs in one basket isn't a very good idea
0: yeah if any tried doing that when metroplex is about the first time <laughs> <laughs> but if, if that's why they left cybertron what was uh art secret special mission then
1: uh, I don't know maybe he wanted to catch up on his box sets
0: <laughs> I can't watch community oh, it's <laughs> lucky I'm not in a James Roberts comic it might be really annoying <laughs> okay so I've it's, it's, uh, lost that uh, no, but yes uh, issue 7 they, they go to they go to uh,
1: Elite to One's place and they meet uh, uh, they call the first yeah I like that that's a nice um, mutation on the idea of a prime
0: But you just need Leader One to show up now.
1: Oh, boy. Okay, so they show up and they're expecting philosophers. And, of course, they get these battle-hardened folk. And amongst them is Striker, who doesn't do much, but she's definitely there. And she says her catchphrase, and that's fine. And then Leader One puts them in their place, and she tells them that they've had a hard time. And that's so that's a different kind of and it's it's not quite the racing planet, beast planet,
0: this is like uh, uh, mysterious planet, because it turns out at the end that almost certainly most of what they've said isn't true. Well it it, so, it, it ties into uh,
1: what uh, it, it ties into the theme of, of Windblade, of moral compromises. Like they've had to do some stuff.
0: So what do you think is it that they've cannibalized the uh, Titan um, space breach of our old Titan that sticks on another Titan. Yeah, they've
1: eaten it, haven't they? They've eaten another Titan.
0: Uh, so these aren't the, the, the philosophers at all then. So they're the philosophers and
1: uh, It's it's something it's similar to it's what happened in Ireland. Uh, the Celts
0: <laughs> my <Yes, laughs> famous thing that happened in Ireland. <laughs>
1: the, the Celts um displaced a much more advanced civilization that was there. They're the ones who made the megaliths. Um, and they pretty much killed and probably ate a lot of them. Um Irish warrior. But, and they had a sort of survivor's guilt about it. They co-opted a lot of their religion and lived in the cities they built. And there's an idea that, the, that a lot of like Irish folktales, like Irish gods, are sort of this folk memory of the people they destroyed and co-opted. So they have this sort of inbuilt, Respect and religious awe of these people they disposed of. And that seems to be what's going on here. They still call themselves the philosophers, they still pat themselves after them, but yeah, they are literally sitting on the corpses of those they displaced.
0: And of of course, it's an obvious thing to say, but the throne is, of course, meant to be a Games of Thrones style uh, evoking image.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's certainly in the mix. And with the implication, I guess, that many people have sat on this throne before, maybe? Yeah, sure be.
0: Definitely. He's the one who got thrown into a furnace.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely something to be unraveled with this core breach and this figure in silhouette we see. Because if... If this Prime's body melted and plugged the breach, how did they then use his body to make it into a chair?
0: Ah, yes, it's uh, suspicious.
1: Mm, doesn't quite add up. And, of course, this sort of emphasis on the truth when they're sketchy as hell. That's, that's, I like that touch. That's kind of plausible, I think. That's, that's human psychology
0: the remaining thing to talk about, so is the ending that was effectively uh, to be continued uh, (laughs) a hook for uh, Till All I Want, presumably, unless some of this gets picked up on uh, in our ID before then, Uh, but I think it actually does specifically say to be continued in Till All I Want at the end, doesn't it? Uh, It does. It does indeed, yes. Uh, So this is like the hook for the new series. Well,
1: first of all, let's say we, we see the table filled up.
0: See, that's what that's what the table's all about. They, could, they got they had to get to Blade to fill up all the empty spare seats. Come
1: on. We get Striker and Obsidian. <laughs> we have Starscream. We have Windblade. We have Knockout. We have Moonracer. We have Tigatron, an Air Razor, and the two little guys.
0: Yeah, do they share a seat with the two little guys, or do we get Aww. a seat? Aww. on each other's laps.
1: Yeah, but then our to be continued is the Combaticons, who are we supposed to care about.
0: Well. I'm... I think mean, the problem with this is when was the last time we saw the Battagons?
1: I honestly couldn't say.
0: Even as individuals, I can't. Uh, were they even my costume's going at all, uh, I guess that might be the last
1: brawl. But... Yeah, because there wasn't a thing about them in China or something. Or oh, not in China, North Korea, North Korea.
0: Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. It was a member of the Predacons, wasn't it? Uh... So I guess sure the last time we didn't have significant as a group but I'm sure individually they have like, padded out crowd scenes and...
1: Brawl's been around. Brawl's actually done some cool stuff.
0: Oh yeah, he's been in R.I.D. hasn't he? Yes. Uh, uh, hanging around with Galvatron. Now he's not hanging around with Galvatron anymore about wacky scamp. He's a... Uh... And
1: it's... There's... Um, I, I, I I like Brawl because Needlenose seemed to be warming up to him. Needlenose seems to be, you know, kind of into the domineering personalities and uh, now Horrible's dead. Uh, Brawl seems to be filling that void for him.
0: Oh, that's not so will never get to interact again.
1: Because there's a toy coming out.
0: Um, uh, yeah,
1: weird, weird note to end Wind And of Black.
0: course, they're all upset about Swindle. What's it's in a Batacon. Why do they care about... Have yeah. they never met him, as far as I know, in any comic we've ever seen. He's not one of their gang. This is exactly my sort of a link to one thing. Uh, you were talking about us earlier. So, yeah, we care about Swindle because in G1, he was one of us and he was our leg. Uh, but he <coughs> sold all our brains to some children. Uh, that ended well. We, we love Swindle. We're really annoyed. We may not mention Swindle ever or ever give a hint that we know Swindle. When Swindle looks like he's dead, we get more than anybody else. <laughs> That's what really ticks us off. so
1: Swindle's actual friend, Thrust. Or was it Durge? Yes. Was it Durge or Thrust? Oh, I think it was Thrust. It was Thrust. Yeah, Thrust has disappeared. Damn it.
0: No, no, it was uh, uh, Dirge. What's that it's It was a Durge. Who's uh, it's a bleed
1: one? I don't know. Yeah, one of the one of those guys.
0: Yeah, he sort of hangs. I can't tell the difference between Conan, <laughs> to be honest, even now. I was, um, yeah, he, he didn't die, though. He just stopped appearing. He was last in it just... But before Superion showed up, because he was the best pals of that aerial bot who died.
1: Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, he, I like that. That was nice. Okay, it was Durg. It was Judge is the blue yeah. one.
0: That's why you're confusing me, Go for us. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just really hard to have them suddenly care about, with no foreshadowing at all, not even sort of characters in shadow. A, A, A. About, something. About how, I've ever upset about Swindle an issue or so before or something like that, but it helped.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's d- The ending is dumb which is a shame because everything else is like it's satisfying. You got the table, Windblade and Chromia have their detente, Starscream and Windblade kind of win the grudging respect, and they come to understand each other. uh They've got this potential fly in the ointment with Elita One, and you know there's there's mysteries opened up where there's a lot more exploring to do on all the worlds we've seen. Great. Set the scene. This miniseries has accomplished what it meant to do.
0: And then we Combatacons. The to, <laughs> to Oh, I wonder what's going to happen. Maybe Swindle will turn out to literally be not dead. That's sort of metaphorical side of the background. Maybe somebody will wave the Enigma of Combination at them. Oh, it'll... Oh, the hey, Enigma... No, I, don't, I don't know. It's just a crazy guess.
1: Here's something I remember, I've remember. learned, or re- I've remembered from <laughs> my reread, that the Enigma of Combination can heal those who have been combined.
0: Can it? Oh, man, yes. What a useful plot device. What is it? <laughs> I, I, uh, all that said,
1: uh, the Enigma combination is dumb, but uh, I like the way Starscream carries it around in his chest, like it's his little matrix.
0: If, just pointing it at everybody. Yeah, you can be a combiner, not you? <laughs> I'm, I'm slightly worried, but I think uh, Windblade suffered from Starseed as a, a crossover uh, to Combine War's toys. Yeah. If the next one's going to kick off with another Combined Awards toy promotion for Combaticoms, uh, people who, like, read the first bit of Windblade didn't like the Combined Wars stuff, didn't keep up with it. If they come back with a new series of that and go, it's all Combined Wars toys again, and they might, they might go, But if this is what I didn't like last time and uh, walk away again, uh, we could end up with another four-issue miniseries. Except like for <laughs> <I'm> going <laughs> So hopefully that'll be better
1: handled uh, next time. Oh, geez, I hope so. I mean, Scott seems to take this on quite willingly. The elite One reveal, I mean, yeah, that was all her. There's no toy tie-in or anything like that. Like, she,
0: yeah, I see that was... Uh, her,
1: her instincts lead towards those kinds of beats, so...
0: Yeah, but when you say... Uh, as it, uh, when, you say when Scott says it afterward, it was originally conceived as just uh, the three combined Wars issues, so I would guess that must be very, very early on before they changed their minds about that. Uh, possibly before they realised what the involved crossover it would be, and could have just buy Wimbledon by itself. Uh, maybe, uh, because what, of course, more than big size would be been involved in this as well. Oh, um, was it? Yeah. Which is why the of the Lost Lights. Uh, so maybe sort of around that time, when they were still unsure what form it was going to take. I uh, think if any people were writing it, they knew there would be something afterwards. But I was saying they started doing that. But So overall, I would say uh, Windblade 2, but whatever you think about Combined Wars as a whole, as a mini-event, launching Windblade with it was a quite severe mistake (laughs) uh, because you couldn't jump on with that first issue as a new series. I guess if people didn't like Combined Wars, but they were already readers of Robots in Disguise, they stuck three robots in the skies like they did with both that and more of the during Dark Cymetron if you didn't like that. Mm. Windblade, if you didn't like Combiner Wars, and because it's a comic that's returned, it's only got four prior issues. If you didn't like it, you weren't going to stick with it. And having that branding on the first four issues of it, even though the fourth one isn't really a Combiner Wars issue, but I think is the main reason there? watch it is it an issue 8 coming out next month
1: um I, overall the, on this reread I enjoyed it uh slightly more than I did because you know I wasn't we being dragged through Combiner Wars quite reluctantly I feel it, it it made a good fist of the Combiner Wars stuff
0: I think it was the opposite of Dark Cybertron uh, in, in that I thought Dark, Dark Cybertron started quite badly and then sort of about halfway through we it got its years into motion and uh, worked reasonably well by the end. I thought this started well. Hmm. Uh, the first part, uh, the robots in disguise issue, is quite a good issue.
1: Hmm.
0: I, I mean, it just gets gradually worse as it goes on.
1: Here's my theory on Combiner Wars.
0: Oh, God, give us your Combiner Wars theory.
1: I think the, re- the reason why Combiner Wars doesn't quite work out is because of the name Combiner Wars. I think because that's 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 what inherited, right? You know, Hasbro has this line for their new uh, to, for their 2015 range Combiner Wars. Great name for a toy line. But, uh, right, when you have that, that's your title Combiner Wars. There are no wars. Uh, we're talking about four
0: guys. They don't... just have the same fights over and over again, which is. Yeah. Who, Whereas, who, I think we're when Devastator or somebody's going, oh, you, don't you remember this didn't work when you did it to me last time? <laughs> <laughs> two pages ago remember that time um, when the characters are pointing that out that's that's a problem
1: it's a bit of a sigh from the writing team uh yeah if it wasn't called Combiner Wars, they wouldn't be forced to have Combiner fights in every issue because of course the complaint is like oh well not Combiner award but yeah it just shouldn't be they just should call it i don't know transformers we're all combining now
0: or just have it be a nonsensical title i mean i, I before we started talking i was watching the uh, The opening season three of Blake Seven, by which time there definitely isn't seven of them, and Blake isn't in it anymore. It could have been like that. You get a nice uh, artifact title of no connection to the actual content.
1: Yeah, I felt that the title steered the story in a place it didn't want to go.
0: Essentially, as combined fights have never worked in comics. No. Uh, Sarah Stone does the best job of
1: it. But again, yeah, it, it's,
0: like... You, it, it's just hard to have, like, a big giant guy and a tiny little guy in the same... Even on a full-page spread, mm. in any sort of scale that works. And it's convincing. Uh, but it's all the way through, back to Marvel.
1: And it's it's right here in in Wind in Windblade as well. Like, you've got the Titan, got Chella waking up. And, yeah, he's supposed to be the size of a volcano. But, you know, just... Just to cram it all on one page, you do need to take these these uh, this artistic license. Yeah,
0: it, it's it's something a cartoon, uh, about animation, and live action film can do a lot better because the camera can move, it can pan, it can zoom, it can sort of start off on of a big guy and then pull back to a small guy in mm. one shot. So and it's that's something comics can't do. Yeah, that's why the combiners have never worked in comics. I yes. thought uh, somebody would notice that. Yeah, my best point, other than me. But, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, they're going to keep trying. As the story which you've just reread, how does it pan out?
0: Uh, obviously, it didn't flow too well. It The nicer moments to all of the earlier ones looked very rushed in places and uh, full of. Uh, I mean, my favourite bit, actually, even though it's a really stupid idea, was uh, in the wind blade issues was actually from the end. That's because it looks quite nice, uh, more than anything. That's just when uh, the combined Optimus Prime is uh, on his knees having a bit of a think. Uh, there's, a of course, some quite nice colouring mm. on that couple of pages. Uh, which I, I hadn't really uh, felt that when I read it in singles form before. But uh, other than that, uh, not very good. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and now as Wind Windblade, even including the Combiner Wars stuff, how does that go?
0: Uh, overall, I would say it's not as strong as the first series. I because the first series was obviously constructed as a mini series, right? Mm. So it works as a mini series. In the, if you view it as an ongoing, which just got cancelled, then it's an unfairly cancels ongoing, and it was uh, working. Once I got over that initial hurdle, it was working pretty well. I think Scott had found a rhythm. Uh, I think uh, uh, Karen was, uh, up until that last issue, doing good work on the art. Uh, We need to see if actually the flaws of the art, well, might see flaws of the art of the last issue were because it was a rush or because of changes later in the day or if it was simply that she was exerting her own style a bit more. Perhaps uh, that is a Felt a bit off putting. Uh, maybe if she draws like that or until all I and we get used to it, maybe this will look better in retrospect. I don't know. Um, She's
1: not on until all I want. Oh,
0: is she not? Um, no, no,
1: yeah, it's, it's Sarah Petra Dorusha. De, I prefer uh, Corin. I prefer Corin. to. I
0: think uh, Combiner Hunters is the only thing uh, for the other artists that I've read, I can recall off the top of my head. Uh, so I, I will reserve judgment on that because I don't think that's anybody involved at their best. Yeah, that's a good shout. So it's a shame that he's going to be her last issue uh, for the moment, then. Uh, maybe her and Sarah Stone will go off and set up a nice tea shop or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: it's uh, it, it does further suggest that something going on behind the scenes... Um... Um,
0: as we started, uh, set, set up staffs, it's like uh, tum- tumultuous times around this title... Uh, Uh, to be fair most of the time uh, again once again past combined Wars that doesn't really show on the page it's only if you pay attention to sort of the the wider stuff Uh, but no no we're fair it's quite problems because we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes Uh, unforeseen changes in circumstances uh, let's say uh, were occurring you wouldn't guess that from the comic itself though for the most part
1: I don't know. I feel like if its mission statement was to open up the universe and to introduce a whole bunch of new characters, I think it did that pretty well. I think it could have, used, it could have been a bit cleverer with some of its environments, but I don't know. We've been spoiled a lot by um, Robertson Milne, so that expectation may be an unfair one to weigh on it. So I think I think we're both leaning towards this. Uh, an enjoyable read. Some problems, but it's it's a, it's a nice addition to the mix.
0: And I would say, uh, if anybody here hasn't read Combiner Wars, that just Volume 2 of Windblade. You can just go straight into it without uh, too many problems. Uh, there are Combiners now. That's basically it.
1: I've got to say, I'm quite looking, actually for all these reasons, for sort of the weaknesses of... Um, uh windblade. i'm quite looking forward to till all are one because as a retool the couple of months lead time i think they can go f- i think they can they can really improve
0: unless of course for the, the, the or uh, a toy pack issue it was actually written and drawn two years ago
1: oh geez yeah
0: <laughs> not to put a damp on you oh spirit
1: yeah, I would quite like them just to forget about the Combaticons and
0: um Yeah, I think my only potential worry uh, for the new series is that uh if Windblade is now perceived as having failed, but it doesn't get perceived as having failed for the wrong reasons, uh like they try uh, they think it's uh the setup or the uh or Scott's Royce if like, that. they don't try and go, well, obviously this comic uh, got cancelled, so now do it this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they continue to trust her uh, in And I would expect that from Bob. I think he's a pretty caddy editor, so I would say it's likely that would happen. Uh but it, was also, it was also a potential worry that they would latch on to uh, the wrong things We're trying to work out why there is an issue ain't rather than uh, coming up with the right answers, which is don't do Combiner Wars again.
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Got to stand up to Hasbro's marketing team. I, they, they, I suppose they win some battles and lose others, and we only see the outcome of that.
0: They're, they're all Hasbro, very accommodating and lovely and friendly. Oh,
1: yeah, they're the best.
0: Actually, and, actually
1: I, think, I think one thing which may come of this, uh, which would be really positive, if the Combiner Hunters model of toy pack is followed up on, a separate, light, standalone issue that doesn't try and tie into every damn thing
0: which is, of course, what they did with the initial toy backings of Spotlight. So I've never really understood why they didn't. Let's try to encourage kids to buy all 12 toys <laughs> just for a comic. But I would say there are cheaper ways you can get those comics. <laughs> buy the 12 toys. and I think kids would realise that. So I thought, unless uh, Combiner Wars was like a big disaster, we're we'll probably be getting one every year or so now. Mm-hmm. Titan Wars will be next. Oh, uh... Just in time for Till All I Want to start, actually. Oh. <laughs> I've got a terrible feeling that'll happen.
1: Yeah, yeah I hadn't quite put those two things together. The mm.
0: complaint uh, against doing spotlights uh, as packings is that uh, some of the characters who get the packing comics aren't well known enough to sell a comic. Right. Which I would say, A, Hasbro have got to be subsidising this to an extent. S-
1: I don't know. Uh, that might, might be a big yeah. assumption. I think they, uh,
0: well, or at least it's a co-production. Uh, so if they wanted a uh, proper cross-cut comic, uh, the extra leeway would uh, compensate for the fact that nobody would buy a cross-cut comic in the shops. Yeah, or,
1: yeah, just don't put out a cross-cut comic. Put out a trade because uh, people buy that.
0: Um, uh, so yeah, so this automatically have to be in, uh, in the shops as well. Or uh, big, they could do what they did with the uh, the hoist comic, just. Sick metroplex on the front. <laughs> so they, obviously, they obviously thought nobody would buy a hoist spotlight with uh, that they, one. Whether they are right or not, or not is uh, beside the point, but they did work around that by making it basically not about hoist. Hmm. So there are ways you could deal with that and uh, making it appealing to people who wouldn't automatically buy a uh, Alpha Bravo uh- <laughs> uh, comic.
1: I guess that's also the problem with Combiner Wars, is that you've just got so many characters. But I guess you could just do like a Aerial Bots one. Uh, I mean, again, yeah, Combiner Hunters should be your your model, not Combiner Wars.
0: And, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, so if you're listening to us, Mr. Hasbro, <laughs> old Ian Hasbro, sign up of his office at Hasbro Towers, uh, you ought to do that. And uh, stop repainting Silver Boats and Alpha Bravo. It's. it's- beyond the joke now they cannot be any character ever
1: <laughs> i don't know i'm quite looking forward to vortex the Balicons are another thing they should just, no, they, I mean,
0: they, they, we'll do a special why the <laughs> batacons are
1: well yeah i think they i think they work on a, like a lot of characters they're better left on earth because <laughs> why are they interesting or special on cybertron
0: because they know Swindle's a lie. Yeah, they? yeah, they've got a can of spray paint. They paste. love Swindle. He's their bestest mate. They're like, oh, we we just around a cybercromb and it's doing nothing, but now Swindle's dead. Oh, I'm going to get you, Windblade. It wasn't really you that killed him. Really? you did kill Swindle? I can't even remember that. Starscream. They're angry with Starscream. Oh, right, okay.
1: Stars, that's okay, that matches up. Oh, but okay. why Why do we mind if someone's mad? Everyone's mad at Starscream. But... <laughs>
0: But they keep. Well, that's one of the things that never made any sense. He's a baddie. Everybody acts as if he's actually been elected to power and he's got, like, the approval of everybody. He never was. They never had the elections. It's as if John Barber was obviously building up to elections in Robots in Disguise, got pissed off that he never got to do it. he's like, well, we're just going to treat it as if that happened and that's a thing. And it's like, yeah, but people chose him. No, they didn't. They never chose him. And it's quite clear that they all hate him. <laughs> what, what? Well, that's. I- they
1: did have the elections, I'm pretty sure. No, didn't. but the not nail- turned up. But the nails all voted for him.
0: No, you're imagining that comic would never happen. Really? Did I? Yes. Oh. <laughs> that has been a big bugbear of mine. because Megatron turned up before As they were building up to the elections, and it just all went to shit.
1: Yeah, and he killed the um,
0: it's Like uh, Metal Hawk's dead body. Let's Star scream. Take over. you got to hold him up and go, Look, everybody, we can't have this happen again. Uh, uh, <laughs> I am now your leader. Throw those people out. And, well, we can't th- you know, do anything against Starsweed because the people chose him. No, he chose himself. That's. Oh. But again, we need to. Bar, I Barber sort that out. Have Mirage have a vision of something about
1: it. <laughs> it's, yeah, we're not seeing the nails at all. The nails have been. No,
0: like, no. It's, it's almost as if. Uh, Barber's more interested in sorting out other writers' continuity problems than his own. But yes, the Nails actually are a. Uh, it's mainly been upset Decepticons we've seen recently who are, uh, hate Starscream, oddly enough, and don't want. I <laughs> suppose <laughs> the Nails are the ones most likely to be supportive of S- Starscream's leadership because they don't really know him. And uh, Yeah,
1: well, we're, yeah, we're told well, that I mean, quite explicitly, but, but yeah, we, yeah, we don't.
0: Is a problem with uh, no, but people chose Star Sweeping. We're not seeing anyone who's ever chosen him or likes him. Uh, that's something that both any of the books that deal with Cybertron need to sort of uh, get on and give a bit of legitimacy to his leadership because we're just being told it's illegitimate rather than showing it. Mm. Uh, I think that's a, an it's issue there.
1: It's more important than tying up Stop Spotlight Mirage.
0: When was the last time you saw a substantial role for Nail, rather than just like a background guy? Uh, we've and- only had
1: Skybite and Metalhawk, and they are both an ex-autobot and an ex-Decepticon.
0: But, but they used to like be big crowd scenes really said, like, Well, what's going on, stuff? Hmm. Uh, I don't if there weren't any the Wheeljack issue of Robots in the Skies, which is the only time that's to touched on Cybertron. Yeah, I think it's like since before Dark Cybertron. Yeah. Or well, maybe during Dark Cybertron when uh, everyone was going, What the f Star what's going on? He's uh, the last time really. Yeah, so that's what over a year ago now, Dark Cybertron finished. She might be even actually two years at this point, mightily. Yeah, uh, they dropped the ball. One drop- to the more interesting ideas of in the comic. <laughs> and they're, they're all weird, odd-looking nails as well, and they're sort of uh, adapted to different environments. Uh, uh so the big problem is the idea of people, cybercronions that don't live on Cybertron. Has been replaced by the colonies yeah. basically usurped the nails. It's like it's a, it's a colonies now, uh, because we've got 13 prime things forced on us by Hasbro, and this is what we're doing with that. Everybody is a character from another Transformers cartoon now. No more strange and usual guys who turn into naughty cars. Or wow, have <laughs> a amusing number of limbs.
1: Oh that's a, yeah, tap It was the Naughty Car guy. He was yeah. supposed to be our, like Is he dead? I'm not even sure if he's alive. He just but... disappeared, I think. And they had a tap on the shoulder by the Blighton's crew. But um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's disappointing. Could they could they even go back
0: to the nails now after They've mentioned uh, needle nose mentioned them. Oh good, that's nice. Somebody cares. <laughs> yeah, just kind of They're full of focusing on these uh, 13 titans of, um, uh, is it five or six uh, colonies that we established contact with now?
1: Let's see. Philosopher uh, uh, Elite One people, uh, cute little combiner people, Tigatron and Airazor people, um, Velocitron, Knockout people, Kamenus, Cybertron. Yes. So that's six. Six worlds. Yeah. That's manageable. Uh,
0: all those uh, nails, of course, came from Worlds, the... Because what was it established themselves on as well? Uh, that sort of having to be north to give the 13 Titans uh, uh, the air of mystery and enigma. <laughs> enigma.
1: Yeah, um, that's fine. I feel they can coexist because they, they're talking about slightly different things. We've got, you know, the return returning war refugees and the people who never saw the war. It's an idea that had a lot of promise that didn't really go anywhere.
0: Oh, and that raises a question I don't think I've ever seen anybody ask For it's just occurred to me. <laughs> uh, why did none of the uh, colonists of the Titans get the come-home-to-cybertron signal that all the nails and everybody else uh, received? Maybe they did, but didn't care. They're like
1: Cybertron. Pfft, what's that?
0: It's Nobody's mentioned it at any point. I like, think you, you get the signal. Everybody else seen it. Or so. It was a signal, actually. Now I think of it, but We're tired of what they telling us about the war being over. Maybe. Okay.
1: Here's, here, here's here's my on the spot. Oh, okay. Um, idea to to get a no prize. Maybe the Titans received that signal. They were the only ones who had the kind of capacity. Because I'm presuming these colonies are far away, because they're going to get there by space bridge. Um, the titans receive the signals but as we see all the titans are not necessarily in the best state to respond to it
0: oh hey yeah, hey hey you are John Barber <laughs> continuity Barber you'd even have to <laughs> go it was all a dream <clears throat> so that dear this is our thoughts on the with Blade series uh, if you have any thoughts of your own uh, where you've heard this there is a link to a discussion forum on uh, TF Archive where you can tell us what you thought of what we've said and whether you agree with us or not. Uh, plus, there are various Windblade-related discussion uh, friends in the new comics sub-forum uh, for more in-depth chat about any of the issues that we've brought up or not brought up, if you uh, think we've missed anything. You can also uh, tweet me, at InflatableDarlick, for any uh, sort of random feedback. Uh, so that just needs to say that I am Stuart Webb. He was Tom He was Tom McNally alas and we are (laughs) podcast maximus we gotta do that together okay hang on. and we are podcast Podcast maximus Maximus. and you are whoever you are enjoy your day evening or morning and goodbye folks. say goodbye tom
1: i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say goodbye tom i'm just gonna say goodbye
0: ah you follow my clean plan (laughs) everybody